The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Every morning at the mine, you could see him arrive. He stood six foot six and weighed 245, kind of broad at the shoulder and narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. All right, buddy, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined Big by Michael. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Super Regionals. Nobody Heck yeah, man. So as a, as a, a regional host, you didn't get to hear the... The home PA activities, festivities. So when, when John McMillan is warming up, we, we missed out on Big Bad John. So I, I had to bring him back. Yeah, Spencer's making up for it right now. I approve. Yes, sir. Big John. Well, if only we were playing LSU or something. Big Bad John. I know, that would be so great. Well, I mean, we don't want... Obviously, we don't want we, him to send someone to the promised land from the mound, but but figuratively speaking. Well, we'll with his right on, hand, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on this a little bit later when we talk about baseball and the regional. He did send people to the promised land with his right hand. He struck out guys in the ninth to close out his, his game with a 100-mile-per-hour fastball and a 99-mile-per-hour fastball. That's scooting. Swing and misses on both. All right, so... We will talk football because even in June, there's football news. Um, there is some basketball news. There's a draft coming up. My computer decided to restart. That's fine. It's we're, fine. We're good. Um, and then we've got the baseball, all the baseball. We The MLB draft is ongoing. Um, we're going to talk about the regional from this past weekend where you hosted Army, Dallas Baptist, and Florida, and then get you ready for the Super Regional this weekend. And we're going to do this without Keith. I know. I know. I, I appreciated Keith coming in so last week. Say a prayer for us. Yeah. He was he was already going to come in anyway, and then um, I had some family come in sort of last minute, and um, he took the co-host, the co-host spot in, in stride. And uh, you guys, y- y'all can't blame me anymore for these long podcasts because that was a uh, that was a solid one hour fifty five minutes, if if I remember correctly, without me. I don't want to hear it, man. <laughs> it's definitely your fault when we go nearly two hours. Um, I'll I'll take some of that blame. Yeah. So first, let's talk because we're just going to continue this this out. Um, I think we got Michael to settle on some walk up music. Yes. And I believe I've got it queued up right to the spot where he would want it played. Yeah. As I say, now up to bat, left fielder, Michael McDonald. Then he gets into the box, starts taking his warm up swings, adjusting his uh, 
His gloves. Yep. His batting gloves. The shin guard. Banging the heck out of the top of my batting helmet. <laughs> Saying a little prayer to his bat. Make sure it's there. <laughs> chewing on uh, chewing on some sort of um, Dasani water ring. <laughs> hey, man, it, it works. <laughs> I don't want to knock it. Yeah, still I, working. I've been very non-committal on walk-up music, and, and that one just kind of hit me today. So I, I think that's good. the one. It's good. So if I was going to I don't have anything. Like, I don't have the specific song in mind, but this... Billy Squire reminded me of a um, late 80s, early 90s hair band that my dad was really into, Firehouse. Never heard of these. Never, never heard okay. of Firehouse. Okay, okay, hold on. Let, let me pull it up really quick. How have I not heard of, of this? Um, so they were like some, like they're mostly known for like r- the rock ballad. Like most of the album that I really like is actually just a, a bunch of ballads, but... um. Dude, okay, hold on. Don't treat me bad's a good one. We gotta get get through a, a quick word from our sponsors here. Oh, probably. Well, Billy Squire. The reason it's stuck in my head is is uh, almost solely because of Billy Madison. <laughs> nice. When he he rolls up to the school, a um, little past his prime, <laughs> in the uh, in the the T top Trans Am with the nice. leather jacket and pops the collar, and he's got the stroke playing as loud as he can in the background and. Everybody starts laughing at him. I was like, who is this dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of stuck in my head. But I do genuinely enjoy the song. That just sounds kind of a like a fun thing to walk up to. But I'm anxious to hear some... Who is this? Firehouse. Firehouse. Mm-hmm. So this is not walk up, but this is like a taste of what like they Peter were. Peter Gabriel. Imagine a big pro hair. Wow. Hold on, man. I'm telling you, every one of these guys has a perm. I believe it. Oh, the oh girl. I took a turn there. No, like I said, this is not my walk-up music, but maybe something from this band. Although most of it's like overtly sexual. <laughs> it's kind of like a... But I dig him. He's got a very Vince Neil thing going on there. Very Motley Crue-esque leading man. Yeah. He also has, has the, the upper range that most men don't. He does. It's 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 good. Right. Is it? <laughs> no, it's 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 good, man. Okay, I'm all a right. fan. All right. Let's check it out. Um, all right, so food talk because that's what we are. We have to get back to our roots. We didn't, I don't know if we talked much food with Keith last week. Y'all, y'all did cover some ballpark food there at the end, which was we very did. important. We, we talked about the that barbecue, yeah, oh, that, grill, yes. vendor at the stadium. The the non Frito pie Frito pie mm-hmm. is delicious. Um, I saw the same woman get that back-to-back days this weekend. Oh, bless her heart. I was like, not sarcastic. Bless her heart either. Just yeah, just yeah. good for her. That's. I would definitely go back. I, I think I said this, and I just have to get it without the onions. Yeah, you just think. You think I'm, nine dollars is a lot, but you get a lot of food. It's with that. probably yeah. almost two pounds of food. <laughs> I mean, you get a really healthy portion of Fritos. You get barbecue baked beans, um, pulled pork, brisket. 
like chopped brisket, mm-hmm. um, cheese, pickles, jalapenos, jalapenos, too, right? jalapenos barbecue sauce. And top it off with a hot dog. <laughs> Call it a day. <laughs> um, so I don't know if we ever mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago, you got a, a Weber kettle grill. Oh, I did. You did mention it? That No, no, no. Oh, you did get one. No, I would just, I, I totally got one. It's the... It's the premium, I believe, with the little ash catcher mm-hmm. in the bottom, 22 inch, you know, just kind of the old school Tony Soprano looking uh, kettle. It's, it's great. It's almost like the original, but it, it's a little tricked up. Yeah. A little bit. Slight. Um, Envy got the best of me. I went and got one too. Oh, man. So. Dueling, had, dueling kettle grills here. Had the first had the first cook on it last night. Um, I did a handful of chicken thighs and a handful of drumsticks it cooked really well so what i did i I put all the coals on one side and put a like a a chunk of hickory on top of it oh man so it's almost like a smoke yeah i almost smoked it um the chicken was good i decided that the rub recipe spice whatever i used not good it's a pit boss brand champion chicken was it sweet i i couldn't tell you what it was It, it was just it's like sweet, a little sweet, kind of oniony. I, I don't, don't know. It didn't work out. I don't know. I, I had a rub that I was really wanting to try too, and uh, I did a beer can chicken mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and I I had a couple of rubs at the house and that I haven't opened, and I opened both of them and they were super sweet, and I was really disappointed because it was one of those that says great on chicken, great on everything, and I think man, I I don't think sweet when I think chicken, no, at least not for a rub. You know, if yeah. you're gonna do a barbecue sauce at, afterwards or on the side or, you know, maybe glazing it while you cook, then that's one thing. But to just start off with a bunch of sugar in the rub seems kind of like a, you're going to end up with just some, a lot of really burnt chicken. Yeah. So I, um, was not a big fan of, of that. Uh, I, I saw some leftover of the smoking guns, mild barbecue rub. I, I think, I think I might do that next. Try yeah. that on chicken. And that is sweet, but it's because of, I usually use it on ribs. So it's got a little bit of sweetness to yeah. it. Or um, this guy that I, I recently started following on YouTube, Cosmos Q. It's a barbecue channel uh, up in Oklahoma. He's got his own line of spices and rubs and stuff. Actually sold here at Outdoor Chef. Oh, okay. That I might go pick up. So the things he does a lot, he's got the, uh, he's, his all-purpose is, uh, he calls it his SPG. So it's salt, pepper, garlic. So that's like his base for most everything. Well, that's kind of the, that's the Spencer all purpose too. Which I got from Malcolm Reed. And uh, and you throw in onion powder too, right? I started to a little bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, But then he's got like something called uh, Texas beef. And he doesn't go into the the details of like the flavors in it. Because I think there are some ingredients in there that work as like tenderizers and stuff like that. Um, He's also got stuff called like cow cover hot and cow cover mild, <laughs> which I think is funny. He calls it cow cover. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, anyways, I, I think I'm gonna try that. I also need to get just, you know, the all American barbecue. No, I'm sorry. Not barbecue cookout. Just like hamburgers, hot dogs, sausages. That was the first thing we did on it was, um, I think the very first cook was just hot dogs with, uh, some, I put some zucchini and I've got a skillet with the holes in it, you know, mm-hmm. and tossed it in salt and pepper and some garlic powder and some SPG. olive oil. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And threw that in there. And then we did burgers one night too. Those turned out really well. The, do, do you do your own patties or do you get them 
pre-made frozen? We we tried both because our little one is so picky with meat. Mm-hmm. So we threw a couple of frozen disc patties on there just to see how they turned out. And they turned out pretty good. I mean, just straight frozen. So just yeah, threw my, them on there. But then my wife actually made the good patties for us, knowing that we would actually eat them. My my father-in-law did that uh, a couple of weeks ago when we had, he, he just grilled hamburgers and hot dogs for everybody on Sunday. And it like threw me for a loop first. He just pulled them straight out of the freezer and walked outside. I was like, what is he doing? <laughs> he throws them on the grill frozen. Yeah. And he brings them back inside. I was like, there's no way. And then I tried, I was like, that wasn't too bad. No, no. And, and when you consider how little effort there is involved, literally, they taste even from, better. Yeah. It's like a frozen patty that he probably had to break apart once it was in the sun for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And then he probably flipped it once. Yeah. He's not like a, he's not a guy that just stands there and watches it like, like I would. Oh, me too. I, I'm terrible about that. I, I, I tried really hard not, not to keep opening the, the lid on the grill last night. It did took, it did take, um, probably gr- more than an hour to, yeah. to do smoke grill. Those, those chicken pieces last night. Chicken takes a while. It does. And then when I, it was sitting on my plate, there was some juice with color in it. I was like, Man, ah, because I I I used the the thermometer. And it was coming out at one sixty eight, one seventy. I was like, well, that's greater than the one sixty five they say. But then there was like just a little bit of pink and the juice coming out, like it was pooling in the plate. Plate. I was like, that's enough. So I like picked everything back up and threw it in the microwave and mm-hmm. just made it work. Make sure nobody's gonna get sick. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. I'm excited to try that. So my birthday is also this weekend and I got to figure out what we're doing for Sunday dinner. And I'm thinking we're just going to do hamburgers, hot dogs, sausages, some good sausages on the grill. Did you do now? I saw that you have a chimney. Did you get the Weber chimney? Yes. Did you fill it all the way when you used it or did you just kind of, I filled it basically to the top, but I don't know if this is the same for all of them or this is just whatever. There's like a dome shaped in the bottom grill great on the bottom. So it's not flat. Um, so it's not the entire thing and it, it, it sits up a good three or four inches off the bottom of the, the what's that called? Oh, the chimney chimney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I filled that and I, I lit it and by the time it was ready to start, like to, to actually dump out, it had dropped probably a couple of inches from the top. Um, and then one of the guys that I saw, he just said, you know, you're not going to be able to save much, but go ahead and just close off all, all your vents and whatever's left over next time, throw that in the chimney first and then put your new briquettes and everything on top of that. So you're not losing a whole bunch. That's a good thought. Um, but I got the, the Kingsford original bag and I guess, I guess I've never actually started a charcoal fire without lighter fluid with not expecting like the wood smell and mm-hmm. smoke to it. I was like, this is not what I'm used to. I'm used to that like real chemically smelling know, it's, fluid fire. It's some, completely it'll, different. It'll condition you to think that it's the charcoal that smells like that. Or if you get that mm-hmm. fast lighting charcoal that's caked in some sort of, yeah. you know, kind of lighter the, fluid in it. The match light stuff. Match light stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've used the chimney for years. I have this old chimney that who knows what we paid for it for Walmart. Yeah. And, this was like 15 or $16. Right. But this one wasn't the Weber brand or anything. And I've, I got the Weber one recently and I haven't used it yet. I haven't even used it. I got it on Sunday, but I mainly got it because it has that second little handle that mm-hmm. makes it a lot easier to pour the coals. Yeah. Because my other one just had the one handle 
And, and then once you start pouring coals, your hands right over the heat. Yeah, it's it's hard to maneuver maneuver those coals uh, successfully. And I think this holds a little bit more than the old one I had. So I've upgraded chimneys. I just haven't used it yet. Yeah. And then I got a pack of the wax cubes, the Weber wax cubes. Yeah. That's what I've been using. Just because it was easiest to find. Right. And what I used to use, I got really spoiled when I had a charcoal grill years ago. It was one of those combos that had the propane as well. Mm, and it had start a, the charcoal. Well, it had a propane burner just on the side. And so I would just set my chimney over mm. the side burner and nice. turn the propane on for like, you know, a few minutes and then just turn it back off and then let the chimney do its work. So I got really spoiled to that and had to come up with something and I'm using those little wax things too. And those are it's nice. Uh, the first time we fired up the grill, it was on a really windy day and I didn't trust them. So I used three and it says to just use two. I used two. Yeah, I totally could use two. It'd on have opposite been fine. sides of the, the like, not opposite sides, but I just put them not next to each other. Spread them apart. Cause I, I was concerned. Like if it was flat, I probably would just, just want to, I would have done one in the middle, but yeah. with the dome conical shape in the middle, whatever, I just put two in the sides that were yeah. kind of opposite each other. So it's been fun. It's, it's been yeah. fun having a charcoal grill again. It's been over two years for me, almost two and a half probably since I've had one. Yeah. The, the first cook for this is my first time, like me doing a solo cook all by myself on a charcoal grill. I did something difficult, right? You and did. Chicken and not like just, you should have just done hot dogs. I should have. That's what I did. <laughs> And it would have happened a lot faster. I don't think we ate till like seven thirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it was good. It was good. I'm looking forward to doing that some more. Um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about about baseball only because of there's a little bit of outrage factor this weekend from oh. some good old Texas Tech fans that we like. I don't want to like call you out and like poke fun at you, but we're gonna kind of poke fun at we're you. We're gonna kind of call you out and poke fun at you. Uh, ESPN three. <laughs> what channel is that? <laughs> I live in Fort Worth and I'm on Dish. What channel is ESPN3? No, there was there was so much hubbub on Facebook and Twitter and people complaining about watching the games and that tech deserved to be on another channel than where they were and and I I don't understand how it could have run any better to be honest cuz I I think I think both of like two of tech's three games had an altered start time. Yes, they did. And and they were moved up. Yeah. Not delayed. You know, moving delaying something is a little bit easier to do because you're already on the schedule. You're just pushing it back a little bit. Like all your talents there, your your crews or whatever, they're there ready to go. You right. push it up, you're changing everybody's schedule. Like, no. Hey, remember that 3-hour break you had? Now you have 45 minutes. I hope you can find some lunch. Right. And it's a good <laughs> thing they did move up, especially on Sunday because well, both nights the, the the storms came in right after the game. Yeah, they finished. did. Yeah, and it was it was warranted. It was something that they needed to look at. But I just saw a lot of posts. There was even one guy on Facebook who took a picture of his he <laughs> took a picture of his computer and he was lamenting about how he how he was stuck watching it on that when he has a fifty five inch TV in the other room and it's 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 kind of like do you not own an HDMI cable? Do you do you not have a Roku? Do you or have Wi Fi? <laughs> Do you have which both of those items while separate from your TV are also fairly inexpensive devices? Sure. That run off of your Wi Fi and they plug straight into your H like it's like a little like a USB stick, but the end is U is a HDMI. So you just plug it into an open HDMI port on your TV. You might need a power outlet. 
You probably um, do for some of this stuff, but not always. Sometimes you can get power from the, the TV's USB. Right. I was going to say, my Google Chrome in the bedroom runs off the USB. This TV has a USB port. So the power it comes from the TV. This other TV in the living room has a Roku built in. So it, it's got its own power source. But yeah, like it, most of these things are easily connected to your TV. Most TVs now, I don't know if you can just buy a normal HD TV without it being a smart TV. I don't think you can. Um, and like, except for maybe like a really small one. The smaller ones, you might still be able to do right, that. Right, but like when you think about 55 yeah, and 50, greater, you're like, that's probably a smart TV. More than likely. Um, these TVs don't last like super long, so like this isn't a new technology. Anyways, it's fairly simple to, to stream something, even like if you have to do it from your phone to your TV, which we do for most of the sporting events in our house because we don't have the cable packages and everything that actually allow us to sign up with our, our cable subscription. We have to right. log, log in for those specific things, log in with our in-laws cable subscription on ESPN or Fox sports, whatever. But both of those apps are either on your phone, which you can then Chromecast the, which is a Google device, or you can get those apps slash channels on Roku. Um, I would assume it's the same for Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, you, you can run these from Xboxes, Playstations, yes, That's where I was heading. Someone in your house has an tablets. Xbox, a PS3, PS4, Xbox 360 would probably still support Watch ESPN. Like, where are these guys' kids? Right. <laughs> uh, Go ask your eight-year-old to set this up. The, and, and they can figure it out really quickly, but I thought it was well done. I don't like to give ESPN a ton of credit because they they like they like getting a ton of credit. But I thought they did a great job. They had so many games to uh, broadcast. They had so okay, many so different weather delays and, and, you know, what, eight different sites. So there were 16 sites. 16 sites. Weather so was were, all over the place. Yeah. So when you talk about Texas Tech deserved to be on a channel, we'll, like, we'll think about it. Regional college baseball was not the only sport happening over the weekend because it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It ran through Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, there were any like possibly up to 32 games happening at a time. Well, no. Up to 16 games happening yeah, at a time. 16. Up to 32 teams playing. Right. Well, that's 16 different channels that you would need. Yeah, you, you can't just say, "Oh, it's Texas Tech International." See, let's bump up, bump them up to ESPN. We're like, well, first there are also seven other teams technically ranked ahead of Texas Tech if they're playing. If you want to go off that logic, then they need to be bumped up. Um, NBA Finals is happening this weekend. The women's college softball is like two stages ahead ahead of baseball. So I think they just started their finals this week, Monday. That sounds right. I was actually looking that up to see. Um, cause I, I believe it's UCLA and Oklahoma. And I think they're, they played game two. Yes. Cause UCLA beat the heck out of Oklahoma in the first, in the first game, which yeah. was really kind of surprising. Anyways, there are a lot of other sports going on that wouldn't even allow a sport like college baseball to get bumped up to the main channel in a primetime slot over the weekend. Yeah. And um, so now, now you will be for your regionals, which we'll get to later, but or your super regionals, I mean, but which are eight sites. Yeah. So you're already you're automatically at only possibly eight games at a time. Although, you know the 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 eight regional or sorry eight super regional spots 
four of them start Friday, four of them start Saturday, and they're staggered. Right. So you almost could just be on one channel or two channels and kind of flip back and forth. But it's a lot different than it was this past weekend when there were 16 games going on in 16 different locations. And, well, kind of stuff. and not just that, you have so many fewer teams. Yeah. You, you only have 16 have versus 16 64. teams versus 64 teams and all the matchups that go with that and uh, all the potential series. Anyway, what we're, we're, we're getting to is uh, don't log on to your favorite Facebook group and ask what channel ESPNU is on DirecTV and uh, Pecos or something because you, you can just find that yourself and you can look it up. And if, well, if, it's, if it's on ESPN3, that means you need to stream it and you need to find an app on any of probably hundreds of devices to be able to stream the game and to be thankful for it because remember, it wasn't so long ago that you couldn't watch regional baseball. You just could not find it on mm-hmm. TV. Nope. It, it wasn't something that you were going to watch. It wasn't a foregone, oh, well, not only are we going to c- complain about it being aired, but we're going to complain that it's not aired on the channel I want. So let's let's make it an even bigger deal than it is. But no, I think it was as early as 2014 or 13. I think a lot of these were still yeah, so really I, hard to find. I was going to say, I remember watching the 2014 Super Regionals on a streaming device. So like, you know, five years ago watching the games against college of Charleston, I was at my parents' house in Mesquite, Texas watching the game on a non-smart TV. Yeah. Um, and we've had five years to figure it out. Yeah. And that was the supers. Yeah. So I I remember watching the, the regionals. I think they were also streamed because I remember watching a game or two from, from Miami um, I remember watching Eric Gutierrez get thrown out. Uh, I remember watching Cameron Smith or that ridiculous game where he was like just jello armed. It was great. Um, let's talk about, talk about some football. Some okay. Footy. Yeah. We're switching. We're switching into to football. The old pigskin. Footy, footy football. Um, the players reported this week. They the are third quarter has begun. Ready for duty. Yeah. So it, uh, Matt Wells, coach, head coach, headset wearing Matt Wells. Tweeted out some photos from this past weekend. Uh, the incoming players and their families were welcomed. They were in the stadium and the meeting rooms, and they had a, a group shot um, and said, "We're welcoming all these guys." The campus were ready to get started, and then a couple of days later, Monday, yesterday, uh, I, I think they said that the third quarter has started, which is metaphorical. They're saying that the first quarter, which will be the spring up until the spring practice, spring game, second quarter would be the spring workout period. Okay. From spring game to new players report, the summer workouts. Third quarter, I think, has started now. Now until fall camp. And then fourth quarter is fall camp to season starts. Um, so that started. Um, I was trying to go through the the photo and put some faces to names. Oh, I forgot you did that. Um, There's been I, so much activity in our Slack channel. We've been so distracted. At work. Oh my gosh! Um, what have y'all been doing we've other been, than watching the draft? All 1,900 rounds of the and, draft and the and the regional games on Monday. Of course, we watched. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Campbell, the Campbell Camels, unfortunately got eliminated. Um, but yeah, y'all y'all been very productive at work, according to this uh, like, so Slack I, chat. <laughs> off the top of my head, from the picture, I remember there being some guys missing, um, and maybe they're coming in the, the second summer period. But like, some of the guys that you would expect to be here from high school 
aren't here yet. Like um, Alante Brown, the, the tall receiver, Trey Cleveland, um, defensive end, Tony Bradford, just guys like that. Like, Maybe like, they're not out of school yet. It's June. Yeah, I know. Just, it's just possible. Being, no, being, it's possible. Being hopeful. Um, Maybe they had weather days. The, then, then, then the, excuse me. Then there was one from Washington State. I was like, well, maybe it's just taking him a long time to get down here. <laughs> yeah, he's that's gonna, true. He's gonna move if, some stuff. If he's road tripping, that's a that's a while. That's that's at least a three day hike. And then so, some of the the transfers from other universities too, uh, like R.J. Turner was in that photo. Mm. Um, Armand Shine wasn't. Evan Rambo was. The JUCO linebacker Cosi Eldridge was in that picture. So, the guys that were shown. I don't think represent the entire class. And yeah. there, there were there were a bunch of guys I didn't have names on trying to compare that would represent the walk-ons. I know there was that one guy, Chucks, Chucky Nwoku from like the Houston area. That's the small running back that was like a preferred walk-on. Anyway, so like he was in the picture. So I, there are walk-ons in that photo that aren't listed in the re- recruiting class. Um, other guys that were in the photo were Cameron Cameron Cantrell, Maverick MacGyver, um, Austin McNamara, mm, yep, Bryce Robinson, um, Evan Rambo. I said him, and I'm blanking on the rest of them. But um, so summer workouts have begun. The um, the rest of the class should be filing in here pretty shortly. Um, speaking of players filing in or filing out, um, it looks like University of Houston is picking up two former Texas Tech offensive linemen. Yeah, especially, uh, and one of them, you know, kind of an interesting route via UCLA. Via, okay, so I, I, I got like a, a weird vibe on this this afternoon the more I thought about it. Via medical retirement, yes. then transferred to UCLA, and then now is claiming his mom's medical issues <laughs> to try to regain eligibility. He's like, well, dude, if you medically retired. Well, right. Well, he, he's, um, his, his mom's being treated at MD Anderson, so I think that's a, uh, for breast cancer. So I think that's a definite thing that's happening, but I'm not sure it, it, it how, you, just how the, how the coming back from retirement, I'm unsure how that works, but you know, moving to Houston on the surface makes sense. And uh, I mean, of course, if it's a heck of a lot closer than LA and uh, you can play for Dana Holgerson too. That's not a, y'all win some games. Yeah. That's not necessarily a bad deal. <laughs> Let's go win some games. Yeah. And drink some Red Bull. So the two guys, Justin Murphy was the, he's the one that medically retired. I think it was concussion related, maybe. Um, and then he transferred to UCLA, graduated there, and is a graduate transfer coming back, I think. Um, and then Gio Pancotti, who was here, I think from Friendship. Uh, I think so too. And also Murphy was, uh, it was an ACL injury. Okay. So, oh, and then we heard um, officially, that Dalion Ward has entered the transfer portal. Yep, he posted that just this evening, this Tuesday, Tuesday evening, and it's not super surprising. And there's, it was so I I got as far into his little note as he said the University of Texas Tech. I was like, 
get out of here. <laughs> Bye. I don't understand that. He's been here for three years. He doesn't know the name of the school. Well, and, and when people type it like that, do they do they say in their head, the University of Texas Tech? Like, there's only a small handful of schools that that works with. Like, usually university is, like, in the official name of the university, like Texas Tech University. Yeah. University of Texas. Like, it's arranged that way because that's the name of the school. The, right. The University of Ohio State. Well, I, and, I think would be the exception. And to make it even... Or the Ohio State. I don't know how they say it. Yeah, they say the Ohio State University. Okay. That, see, and I messed up. I flipped it around. But I'm, I hadn't been a student there for three years, indoctrinated into their culture and everything else. Well, here's here's his, his exact note. He says, I would like to thank... Nope, sorry. I would like to take the time to thank the University of Texas Tech football for the last three years for giving me the opportunity make sense. to perform at one of the highest collegiate levels. I also want to thank the but city of Lubbock for all the support as well as the coaches. I've made many memories here at the university that will never be forgotten. As I've sat, prayed, and talked with my family, I have decided to enter the transfer portal Hashtag forever wreck them. One thing I will say, though. One thing I will say. I I applaud the... I respect the decision to leave out. Respect my decision. Please respect my decision. Well, here's the thing. It wasn't really a decision. I or no interviews, please. He wasn't part of the team. Yeah. It's not like he's saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I've decided to leave the university. It's like, no the university cut ties with you. You have to enter the transfer portal. This is just your announcement of it. And it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Good luck daily on ward. Yes. Hope you land somewhere that works out for you. Um, and then one other piece of news, this broke last night. Uh, there's a new commit in the 2020 recruiting class, a defensive back, Jonathan Davis from South Oak cliff high school teammate of former Texas tech commit, Stephen Parker. R.I.P. Uh, he's a 6'1", 165-pound safety, so he's a little light. Um, but as a junior, he's still got some time to put some weight on going into senior year. This brings your current class up to three. Uh, Davis, quarterback Donovan Smith, who is now at Friendship after he transferred from Bishop Gorman in Las Vegas. I think he's the son of the running backs coach. And then... Um, Offensive lineman Caleb Rogers. I don't know why I tripped up on that name. That's my name. <laughs> Caleb Rogers from Lake Ridge in Mansfield. So this is typically the time you've seen Texas Tech add the majority of the recruiting classes from the end of spring ball until fall ball. Right. Until fall practice, fall camp. Um, so you being at three commits, not typically too far out of your normal timeline. I know Seth on Staking the Plains did a, a breakdown on generally when the class is filled up and going off my memory from this post, it's it's from a week or two ago. Um, your classes were built late spring through the summer while no other organized team activities were happening. So the coaches were focused on recruiting. They were doing hosting camps, all that kind of thing, build their class and get into the season and then there are very few until Christmas break when you get the majority of your JUCO guys, and then right there, beginning of the new year till signing day. Yeah. Um, still time. You got plenty of time. Lots you of time. You don't sign until February. No. You get nine months. 
A lot can happen in nine months. A lot can happen in nine months. You're right. Um, you want to do ba- basketball and then just yeah. finish with baseball? Yeah, basketball, I mean, it'll be pretty quick. The Kind of the main couple of things we want to cover was some opportunities for the guys that are moving on. Uh, Culver. Because that draft's coming up, man. I know. It's going to be Thursday, June 20th, I think. So it's two weeks. It's, it's right around the doorstep in... Culver was working out with LeBron and co over in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Yeah. Had some great photo opportunities, including one picture that really stood out to me where he appears to be jumping out of the gym <laughs> over the gym. I'm, I'm not sure through um, the gym. Yeah. It's something like that. <laughs> uh, I know it's possible that it's some depth perception in the photo, but you guys need to try to dig up this tweet or this photo if you haven't seen it. Uh, I swear our guys got, I think they clocked him at a 44 inch vertical, you know, all six foot six of them is in mid vertical and the three or four guys in the photo have their heads raised up in awe at the same time. (laughs) I mean, the, the, the kid's head is, I'm pretty sure part of it's above the rim. It's, it's really spectacular. Um, and of course he had some good photos with LeBron as well. And it's so fun to watch, uh, a Lubbock kid, well, you know, my, not just a Red Raider, but a Lubbock kid too, that is is getting to experience this type of uh, success and these these type of experiences at what twenty, and just kind of see where this road takes him and and where he ends up being drafted in a couple of weeks, and and even if that if if he ends up staying where he ends up uh, where he's drafted, because that's always up in the air. So. Do you know where the Lakers draft this year? Aren't they fourth? Number four. They're yeah. the only draft pick this this go around. Like even looking into the second round, I don't see any LA Laker. I'm I'm not and sure. Clippers, but no Lakers. I'm not sure if So they have one shot. As as cool as it would be to see him on the same team as LeBron, it's just the Lakers seem to be imploding. Um, from a managerial standpoint, and just what you what you're saying is there's an opportunity for him to get some playing time once everything kind of falls apart. That's a point. That's a point to be. And made. they've already got their pieces for the future. I'm, I'm going to build around Mr. Culver. I'm kind of rooting for. Uh, I'm kind of rooting for Chicago to to win the Culver sweepstakes. And they pick at seven. Yep. Maybe maybe the Suns at six. Um, I think those are pretty well-run franchises. They've obviously been down a couple of years, but the Suns are really young, and uh, they could, you know, they could use someone like Culver who could come in and contribute within a couple of years. Hopefully, what about Atlanta? They've got two picks in the top ten. Atlanta's eight, eight and ten. Yeah, Atlanta's pretty solid. I could see go play with uh, Trey Young. Yeah, I could see that one working out pretty well. I think they seem to be a pretty well-run organization kind of on their way up. I think they've been pretty smart with their picks. And I would think with, with the team that has two top 10 picks that they may be a little more, I wouldn't say aggressive, but not risk averse. Right. Like maybe that they don't say, okay, Derek Culver may not be a top 10, but we got two picks in the top 10. Let's go. Yeah. Get one. Let's if just, one guy doesn't work out, then we, have, we can figure something out or, mm-hmm. uh, so I, those three, I wouldn't mind, but, um, I don't think the Pelicans would be great because that Anthony Davis thing is just a 
cloud hanging over the whole thing. And then, well, of course, the Lakers is just... That's number one. I don't think he's going number one. No, I I don't... Right. Zion would go to number one, but... And then Memphis is probably going to take R.J. Barrett. Yeah. And then New York, Ja Morant. I hope. I I don't know. And from there, it's like, oh, you got the Lakers, Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland, I don't... Cleveland, he... uh, We've brought this up before. The Michigan coach is now the head coach at Cleveland, so who knows what that could possibly mean. But if I, he falls all the way to 19, he could end up as a spur. Yes, he could. Oh, that's a long way for him to fall. Which is a good segue because guess who's working out with the Spurs before draft day? Mr. Moonswag. Yeah, our boy Matt Mooney. Matt Mooney. Working out with my Spurs. Go see. Spurs, go. Yeah, it, they value defense. They value fundamentals. <laughs> our, guy's got, our, our guy's got a heck of a shot. I would... I would be the next Tony Parker, except he could play a lot better defense. <laughs> I would keep up with the Spurs if Mooney was on the team. I wouldn't watch them. Heck yeah, you keep up with the Spurs. Um, yeah, and then we said the draft is on the twentieth. Yep. So right there in the middle of the College Baseball World Series in Omaha, 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 Omaha. Is and it in the middle? Yeah, it is in the middle of the World Series, isn't it? Well, the World Series starts the week. Yeah, before. you're right. It starts the 15th, 16th. No, yep. that, that, the MLB game is like the 15th. Okay. That they're I got playing you. there, which I think could be pretty cool as a, a, like just as a casual observer to see, like, it's not like I'm, I'm a big fan of either one of those teams that are playing. I can't remember. I think it's the, the Brewers and the Cardinals. They're kind of regional to that area. We had somebody drafted to the Brewers. We had two people, two guys. drafted. Oh, that's to the Brewers, right. Which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, but, but I think as a casual observer, a tender, a tender, <laughs> uh, college world, college world series goer to see a game between two MLB teams in the stadium. You're going to watch some pretty fantastic college baseball. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I fully support that. That's a pretty neat, um, pretty neat way to kick it off. And that is on, that's on the 21st. 21st. Which is a Friday, and the game will be, I'm pretty sure it's... Detroit Tigers, Kansas City Royals. Ah, uh, you beat me to it. You were wrong on both teams. <laughs> certainly was. <laughs> but hey, so Kansas City, it's still a Missouri team. Uh, uh, dumb question. Does it? Does this count? Does this game count in the official we, MLB records, or is I it an exhibition there. game? I, don't, I, I think it's an exhibition game. But at least I just closed that window and I don't really feel like typing it back in. Um, as we get ready to get to the Super Regionals and beyond, let's talk about um, what's currently going on in the college baseball world. It's the ML- MLB draft. It's happening right now. Which round are we in? 37? I don't know. They, they start moving pretty quick on day two. 774. I remember, so last night, Monday, was just the first round, plus the compensatory picks. And then today has been like second through whatever they whatever else they've done. I know they've gotten to at least 10th, because that was the last Red Raider that was, that's was that been drafted so far was in the 10th round. Um, most exciting, though, my Texas Rangers picked up Josh Young. Yeah, number eight, baby. Eight overall. That was, uh, there were a lot of folks kind of, Wishing that that would happen and thinking about how interesting that would 
that would turn out to be, and I'll be doggone. Yeah, Labar and one of his friends that works at a KTXT RC Maxfield, mm-hmm. um, apparently have been speaking this into existence from last year. <laughs> and we saw it. So uh, the Rangers came out and said they needed some help at third base. Uh, I think Young was the top third baseman in the draft, but some draft prognost- prognosticators had him mid to upper 20s in terms of draft prospect. But the Rangers said, screw that, man. We're going We're going to go grab him at number eight. Have they not seen him play shortstop? Well, they don't need a shortstop. Like yeah. Elvis Andrews. I know. And, and that's the other thing is that the MLB doesn't really draft on need because there's such a long period of time between draft and when that player will be ready that there, there's not really a, a point to saying, okay, we need a, we need a third baseman up in Arlington. Let's go, let's go grab him in the draft. No, they're like, we're going to either promote somebody or go trade for him. Um, but they also, the Rangers said that they needed third baseman in their farm system. So they grabbed Josh Young at eight. They also grabbed co big 12 player Davis Wenzel at 41. Also a third baseman. That was at 41, not at eight. Yeah. Suck it, David. (laughs) You weren't code big 12. I I think that officially rules it out. And I also liked his, uh, when I think it was Collier may have asked Josh Young at one of the press conference deals, something about the big 12 player of the year. And Josh Young immediately pointed to cam Warren and said, yeah, it should be that guy. (laughs) Should be that guy over there. (laughs) Maybe could have been. Yeah. Uh, he has, I don't know, but just to bring that back up again, that was kind of fun. So some big 12 love for a second. Um, Big 12 players were drafted 7th, 8th, 9th, and 11th overall in the first round. Nick Lodolo went first at 7th, the pitcher from TCU. Um, Crazy story, though. So he went, he was drafted as the number 41 player out of high school, the 41st player out of high school last year. Elevated his draft stock all the way up to number 7 overall, which is a crazy gamble, but he, he pulled it off. Um, number eight was Shea Langoliers, the catcher from Baylor. Sorry, number nine. He was nine because Young was was eight. Um, yes, you're right. There was a, I believe, a high school prospect at ten, and then Alec Manoa, the pitcher from West Virginia, went to probably one of the most hated organizations in all of Major League Baseball, the Blue Jays. Yeah, which I think is just a perfect fit. <laughs> Some emotional douchebags just, just go together. <laughs> um. He went 11th to the Blue Jays. Yes. Yes, he did. The, I think 41st for Rangers picking up uh, Wenzel may have also been first round, but it would have been like the compensatory. And I don't know how that works out. Um, if it wasn't, you know, into the first round, it would have been early second round. So they picked up two Big 12 third basemen um, and back-to-back picks for the Rangers. That's officially the competitive balance around A. Yeah. So, so that's your, your number for 40, 41 pick. <laughs> 40, <laughs> 41 pick. Your number 41 pick. Um, next off the board, there was a little bit of a gap between Josh Young and number two coming off was Gabe Holtz. He went in the seventh round, 223rd overall to the Milwaukee Brewers. Also a parent organization to a temporarily renamed minor league team, the Utter Tuggers. The The what now? The utter tuggers. As in milking? Cow milking. 
as in they're tugging on some cow udders. Dairy, dairy milking, honoring our dairy farmers. Absolutely. So I, I, I think it would be just appropriate for us to grab some udder tugger gear. And it's fantastic too, because it's like the old school kind of like milk carton font. I will be in Wisconsin next week for work. You should you should definitely grab some hats. For I'm going to see if there's some udder tuggers, some udder tugger gear <laughs> somewhere near we're, the conference. We're, we're just here to we're here to support Gabe Holt um, and Taylor Floyd. Taylor Floyd also went to the Milwaukee Brewers. He went in the tenth round, 313th overall, um, to the Milwaukee Brewers organization. Caleb Killian went in the eighth round, not too, not too much further after Gabe Holt. He went 236th overall, where Gabe Holt went 223rd. He went to the San Francisco Giants. And those have been the four that were, have been drafted so far. As of, you know, 8.30 when we started recording. Um, last year, you had 11 guys drafted, 10 ended up leaving Caleb Killian being the one guy that was drafted that didn't end up leaving. Um, Gabe Holt as a draft eligible sophomore, I guess could come back, could turn that down and come back. However, I think either Keith or Labar said he was getting offered a money slot several rounds higher than his draft position. So that may kind of nudge him to join the, Utter Tugger, <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers organization. Taylor Floyd as a junior, most likely not coming back because juniors lose their their um, draft leverage if they stay because there's no opportunity for them to... Sorry. If they stay for their senior year, as a senior, they have no more leverage. They can't say, oh, I'm going to stay one more year and work to get better. Seniors even though they may be better than a lot of the guys drafted in front of them are usually kind of the last ones to be taken because they're, they have no leverage. They, they, there's nothing else for them to do besides, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to accept this draft position, the signing bonus, whatever, and go, go hop on a bus and play in the minor league. So sorry, Cam Warren, this is going to be your, your payback, your reward for sticking it out and playing as a senior yeah, and probably should have been the Big 12 player of the year. But he will be likely drafted in the next day or so. Before we move on too far from the draft, did you see that Texas Tech commit Michael Harris was drafted? So, yeah, I did see that there were several, a, at least two, high school commits that had been drafted. Um, he was uh, He was picked up by the Braves – in the third round with the 98th pick overall. Mm, that's pretty good. Yeah, which, you know, the kids from Georgia, it kind of makes sense, but um, that's that's pretty high up. And whatever, whatever he does, of course, you know, congrats. I hope everything turns out well, but, man, it'd be great if he if, – if they see that much in him now – I'd like to see what what he could do as a Red Raider at Tech. So we'll we'll see. Maybe he can maybe he can uh I, yeah. decide to just come on down, just come on come on west to Lubbock anyway, and and see how that turns out. I have no idea how like Tadlock and their the coaching staff pulls together recruiting class, having to balance the possibility that the MLB draft will just decimate your class. Oh yeah, because the better you do recruiting high school guys, the more likely it is you're going to lose them 
you're going to lose them to the draft. Now you can work on convincing them, hey, like even the really good high school guys are still going to be in the minor leagues for quite a while. Yes, you'll be paid barely. The experience of being on the college team may be more beneficial to you. You have more structured nutrition programs instead of giving a getting an $850 stipend for the month and say, yeah, go yeah. eat. And you have to live with some random people's host family because you can't afford to do anything else. It may be better, but it's also kind of hard to turn down like getting paid and you know, living out your your probably lifelong dream of playing professional baseball and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put that on hold. Maybe I'll be drafted higher. M- maybe not. So like I, said, I, I don't know how they do it. I, I would be interested to find out, but you w- wouldn't hear stories like that from Tadlock because nah, he would never, he would never disclose mm. how those kind of things work out unless it's just long, long down the road after he's retired he gets some really it's one of those stories. things that we just we just deal with. Uh, That's fantastic. Daily, uh, <laughs> we just we just go with it, um, you know, day to day, and make sure that we take care of our boys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't look after day two of the draft. There were no more Red Raiders drafted. So you've had four taken so far. Um, Rounds eleven and forty take place. Eleven through forty take place tomorrow, and this is this was fun. Uh, the whole sentence says that the rounds eleven through forty take place starting at noon tomorrow. There's no time between selections, and teams make their picks through a rapid fire conference call. <laughs> that sounds like the conference call from hell. How many MLB teams are there? Thirty-two. Oh my gosh! So like, someone mute your phone. There's an echo. There's an echo. And they call it Texas Rangers. You know, like you have to be ready to go, <laughs> yeah. and like hoping that the team right before you didn't take the guy you wanted. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> who's next on our board? Oh, that kid from uh, that kid from Syracuse. I oh, I don't remember that catcher. <laughs> you know that one. Your time's now up. <laughs> you know the one, Commish. <laughs> just draft him. No, that I, that just seems like a nightmare. I was on a conference call recently where someone. It was, and it was obvious that two people joined, and you know they joined just a little late. It wasn't you know overly late or anything, and all of a sudden there was just this god awful echo when they joined, and <laughs> and we were trying to ignore it, and then finally someone was said, okay, whoever just joined, one of y'all needs to mute your phone, and and so what was funny was one guy obviously didn't know what he was doing because there's some beeping. Like, no, he phone. thought he did it, and then he said. Okay, I've muted my phone. <laughs> no, <laughs> and everyone, everyone is. No one says anything. Everyone's. You could just feel the sigh <laughs> through the phone, and, and no one says anything. They just are like, okay, yeah, it's, we're just gonna have to deal with this so echo for the rest of our lives, aren't we? If they didn't say anything, it's like I'm hoping if he'll say something now. Because here's the thing that that thing happened to me. I'm, I probably told this story. <laughs> just that, oh, it just drives you nuts. Sorry. Well, so it wasn't echo related, but it was the first day of the of the March Madness tournament. Very first, the very first games surprised me that they were even on. We turned the TV on in our in our office. Um, the guys in the marketing team turned it on and then like muted it. Um, I was struggling to get the phone call from my headset, like my handset to my headset because I didn't want to be holding the phone because it was all. Staff meeting call for like an hour and a half. I was like, oh I'm gonna gosh, hold, I'm gonna hold this phone up. No. In that mess, I got off mute 
didn't realize it. I'm talking about the basketball game that's on the TV and our v, like system-wide VP of communications finally said, someone's not on mute. And I'm like, that's me. <laughs> and here's the thing. There aren't a lot of men in our organization, like on the communications team. Oh, so the, it, was, it was you or four other people or something. And like three of them were in the room oh, with no. the guy that said that. So like, he knows it wasn't. Yeah, he, he's narrowed it down. That's probably me. Yeah. He probably like, he's like, the guy really into I tech a, sports. I got a phone call a bit like, well, no, because it was like a Louisville basketball game. We wouldn't even. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but you like, were still like just the very first game of the tournament. We just turned it on. I was like, oh, they're already going. And yeah. I, I said something like that. I was like, man, I, I didn't think they'd be on for a little. Please mute your phone. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's me. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. <laughs> and I was like, do I, do I go ahead and just like, hey, man, I'm sorry. That was me. Or just like, just kind of slunk back. And I, I didn't, I didn't confess it was me i know what happened to me once was i was i was driving to a meeting and there was a conference call going on and i thought okay i'm just going to call in and, and mute and just listen and make sure i don't miss something important and then you're on speakerphone with like your radio going no i had it oh, you know i, I actually fun. had it muted like i meant to and then they started saying some stuff and uh i immediately was was thinking well that's not accurate and that's not you know it's a bunch of stuff that they were saying yeah you know i think uh the company i work for like oh they should be able to turn that out pretty quick and do this and do that and i was like oh hang on a second and so i unmute and the second i unmute everyone was like there's a lot of feedback and echo please mute your phone whoever unmuted and i was oh so i had to just mute back (laughs) i never got to say anything you're like wait a minute there was some weird bluetooth thing in in my truck that and I think that's what the other person. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get us on conference calls for five minutes, but here really, we are. Really quickly, so there's a there's a comedy duo that does videos on YouTube. They do a conference calls in real life where they act oh. out a conference call as in like a conference room meeting. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's so accurate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the worst. <laughs> let's go to let's go to real baseball. Let's talk about this this past weekend's action uh, regional that you hosted here in Lubbock. You hosted Army, Dallas Baptist, and Florida. Um. I think the the theme of the weekend was your pitching overall. You're starting and, and relief pitching, and uh, I'm I'm blanking on if he has a nickname, but Cam Warren, Bam Camo Warren. What's well, he? I, no, I, that's I, not right. I, I was thinking about Bam Cam. I was like, wait a minute. I thought I thought it was Bam Bam Otremba. <laughs> it is. <laughs> which I I think it should be Tater Tot, but Tater Tot Otremba. Oh, what do you think about because him making a reappearance? T-O-T. I think it was good. Uh, Easton Morrell did really, he did fantastic at third base on Friday. Um, and then you saw Otremba in the lineup at number at in the two spot. I think he had productive at bat every time he came up on Friday. Um, yes. Friday he did. Because I think your very first at bat of the regional Gabe Holt hits a triple. So, your 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 leadoff hitter, it's on third base. Your second guy comes up, hits a sacrifice fly deep to center field. So like, his first at bat, yes, it ends up in an out, but it's a productive out. He scores a run, and then I think he goes four for five the rest of the day. It's fantastic. Um, it was good to see him back in the lineup, but he struggled a little bit on Saturday. Saturday, and then he wasn't on the Sunday lineup. Yeah. Um. Saturday, though, your starting pitcher, Micah Dallas, went full seven innings, gave up one run on three hits, struck out seven, walked one. So, Micah Dallas, he's coming on. Dude, he was so 
freaking good. And he was like, he was pumped up. He's energetic. Um, Ryan Sublette and Caleb Freeman each came in for an inning to close out the game. Uh, Sublette had um, given one hit, no runs, one strikeout, one walk. Freeman, one inning pitched, two hits, one run, one strikeout, one walk. Um, so you, you ended up winning the Friday Friday afternoon game against the Army, eleven to two. I think you were going into the game. Keith and I kind of talked about, you know, they're really effective at getting a guy on and then getting him around, mm-hmm. uh, whether stealing, uh, sacrifice, buns, all that kind of stuff. I think because one, you held them scoreless in the first inning, and then you put up three runs in the bottom of the first. You kind of were already pushing them out of their game because you had them down. After three, you were up six to zero. So, like, they weren't, you know, we talked about having productive outs and planning which outs, like, if you're going to do a sacrifice. After three, being down by six runs, you can't be like, well, we're going to give up some outs here just to get some guys around. Like, they they were kind of forced out of their game. So, the guys that you were most worried about, uh, Jacob Herdebees, didn't steal a base against you. Uh, I don't think anybody stole a base from Army on Friday which I think was one of your biggest concerns, and then sacrifice buns. You didn't see any of those. Um, like I said, you ended up winning that game 11-2. to two. Moving in the winner's bracket to face the winner of Dallas Baptist, Florida. Um, that Friday game between Dallas Baptist and Florida was... I can't remember if that was a close game or if that was the first game on Sunday that was close. It was the Sunday game that was close. So the, that game... Uh, you obviously end up facing Dallas Baptist on Saturday afternoon. Um, you win. You win that game three to two. Uh, Caleb Killian is your starting pitcher. Comparatively to your starters across the rest of the weekend, had the worst performance. <laughs> but let me just give you his numbers and like, yeah. tell you like his the worst performance in the weekend. Right. So relative, he went, he went four and two thirds. Uh, he did give up seven hits, so the most hits. Two runs, struck out five, walked one. So the worst performance, the guy goes into the fifth inning and gives it two runs. I think what hurts Killian is that Taylor Floyd comes in in relief, pitches four and a third, so he goes almost as long. Taylor Floyd finished out the game. Zero runs, zero hits, five strikeouts, one walk. Zero hits. For half the game, almost. Yeah, I mean, as close to half. Pretty as you much half get. the game. Yeah. Um, so Taylor Floyd, being as good as he was Saturday, um, kind of made Killian look not as good. It and, and you needed that from Floyd because at that point he came in. It was three to two. Um, nobody else scored. Obviously, the final score being three to two. Um, there were some times when there were some some tense moments because I think Floyd. That walk came pretty late. I think he had a couple hits batters that put you in, in some rough spots, but you were able to keep them off the board, um, win the game. And then once you got to 2-0, and you got to the, quote, catbird seat, where regardless of who wins between the loser's bracket, it's going to have to beat you twice to do it. That's to right. eliminate you. Um Sunday afternoon, Dallas Baptist eliminates Florida. They had a huge fourth inning. They, I think Dallas Baptist scored nine runs in the fourth inning, hit like three home runs. Um, and then Florida comes back from being down 
Well, they were down 9-2. You're right, 9-2. Ends up losing the game 9-8. to And I think they had guys on in the ninth that they could have tied or taken the lead. I'm disappointed that Dallas Baptist won because I want to – I wanted the opportunity to eliminate Florida myself. Well, not myself, but for Texas Tech. Just to eliminate them in two postseason yeah. tournaments in the last couple of years. And that's not what happened. Um, the good thing about that game, though, is Dallas Baptist went through a ton of their arms. Um, so you face them Sunday evening. Bryce Bonin gets the start. Dude does just as well, if not better, than Micah Dallas from Friday night. Also goes seven full innings. Also gives up three hits, no runs, strikes out seven, walks two. I don't remember the exact scenario, but I think he had kind of he had quite a few guys on base in the seventh, and Tadlock left him out there. I almost think the bases were loaded. Yeah, because in the seventh, the, there was a time when I was thinking to myself, I was going to put it in the Slack chat, and then I saw him coming out to make the change. I was like, I was going to ask, is this us leaving? bonding in too long Mm -hmm. that was my thought because obviously if he goes seven full innings and gets replaced he was pitching into the eighth he didn't he didn't record an out in the eighth inning but he's he started pitching into the eighth or um or he's yeah anyways john millen comes in in relief so it's his first appearance on the weekend is in game three like we mentioned in the early parts of the episode he's throwing gas throws two full innings gives up two hits um, but no runs. Of his six outs he records, five of them are strikeouts. Does not walk about her. The last two strikeouts of the game, uh, out number two in the ninth inning, struck him out swinging on a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. Out number three, strikes him out swinging on a 99-mile-per-hour oh, fastball. That final strikeout was you, – you just saw it coming. Yeah. Well, you, and, could, you just knew that this kid was going to – he was going to whiff on it. And I felt for him to to an extent. Mm-hmm. You know, the stadium was rocking. Everybody was was ready. That was a heck of a pitch. I loved I loved yeah, seeing that. It was fantastic. Um, the one guy I, I I said the the story this weekend was was pitching and Cam Warren. Cam Warren hit three home runs in the weekend. He had a home run each of the games: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Would you call that a dinger derby? That was that was a dinger derby for Cam Warren. That's that's what I would think too. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, Cam Warren went two for four with three RBIs, a home run, and a walk. I, I think each of his walks this weekend were all intentional walks. I think you're right. I think so, too. Because I, I remember it was almost every single game, his next at-bat after the home run, he was he was intentionally walked. It's yeah. like they were like, the recency bias here says do not throw it to Cam It Warren. definitely <laughs> happened in the second game. It was yeah very intentional. Cam Warren. Very intentional. <laughs> In game two, it wouldn't be. Sorry, no, you're fine. He goes one for three, um, two RBIs on 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 one home run, one walk. Sunday, Cam Warren goes two for three, three RBIs, which from the three run home run he hits in the first inning, one walk. So on the weekend, Cam Warren goes five for ten, um, with at least three walks. So. You know, of the 13 times he's up to bat, he gets on base eight times. Pretty good on-base percentage. Yeah. Eight RBIs, which, you know, he's already leading the conference in RBI. Um, Tech scored 17 runs in the weekend. Cam Warren was responsible for eight of them. Wow. 
three home runs, one in each of the games. And that that one on, on, on Sunday, just it was one, it was the only scoring in the entire game. But it was in the bottom of the first. You hit a three run home run. Well, I think I think he had the he, chance. He almost falls rounding first celebrating. Yeah, he was, which I think he was, was pretty good. He was uh <laughs> amping up the crowd over there on first baseline. I I can't remember because we, we were kind of half joking about uh, him getting a home run in every, you know, every possible way, like yeah, a one run, two run, three run homer, and he he just needed I, the four run homer. I think I'm pretty sure Friday night was a solo shot, like it was just a one run homer, it was just a solo home run. Saturday, I think, was just two run. I know Sunday was three run, and I think at that point it's like, I think Cam Warren's only missing a grand slam for the, the home run cycle here. And there was a time. Where he came up to base. He came up to bat. Up to bat with the bases loaded. Bases loaded and on Sunday. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. I mean, he he struck out. Well, he either struck out or, or grounded out. Yeah, it was something. It was something like that. So we may have accidentally jinxed it because we didn't know that was going to actually happen. Well, dude, <laughs> we talked about it. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't have <laughs> talked about it. We should have just never said anything. And because that's that's how baseball goes, right? That mm-hmm. you can't you can't even mention. No, certain things, certain good things that are happening, you have to just let it go. It, it's like when we were watching um, Bryce Bonin strike out the first six batters against yeah. TCU. Like, is he going to hit number seven? And, and then the seventh batter grounds out. You're like, okay, okay. He can't strike out everybody. And then the next guy hits like a double. I'm like, oh, crap. That's like, <laughs> oh, no. Um, Why do we even allow ourselves to think it? So you win the, the Lubbock Regional. Uh, as a national seed, you were set to host a super regional this upcoming weekend. You had to wait on the Oklahoma City regional to finish up Monday night. Um, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know how you want to look at it. Oklahoma State wins that regional. Uh, it it takes them until Monday night to do it. Um, and they were playing. Who were they playing that last game? UConn. UConn. UConn was obviously out of arms when they were on Monday. Um, so you just kind of felt like. Oklahoma State was gonna just finish it off. Um, you do get a a conference rematch, um, and you, you you know the the season history here. You you swept them this season. You didn't play them in the Big Twelve tournament, so you're gonna get to face them at least two more times, if not three. Um, the pessimist says it's hard to beat a team five times in a season. Right, which you'd have to do to advance at o- Omaha. Optimus says you've already got them three times. You just need to get them two more times. You, you get them back at home, which you're like twenty-seven and six or whatever. Yeah, um, they are strikeout machines. Your your arms have been just phenomenal the past couple of weeks. Um, you start on Friday, so you get a little bit. You know, you get one more day's rest than they do because you finished Sunday, they finished Monday. Um, and you're back at home. You start Friday afternoon at 2. Game 2 is Saturday evening at 5 on ESPNU. These are actual broadcast channels. So What what channel? So Friday afternoon is actually ESPN2. Ah. ah. You should have that on your on your cable is box. Is that on is 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 that on the uh the AM on the AM radios? AM probably not. Okay. It, it will be on FM. 97.3. It'll also okay. be on TV, though. And then Sunday, if necessary, because you don't have to play three games, 
ESPNU, 5 o'clock. So, looking forward to I'm I'm going to the Friday-Saturday games, probably. Um, anybody wants to, to purchase a Sunday night ticket after the game on Saturday, if, if there needs to be a Sunday night game, <laughs> hit me up. If there needs to be. Well, that's the thing. Is like You won't know if you need a Sunday night game until Saturday night. I had a I heard a part of the Double T show today and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. There was a fan calling in with with what I would co- consider a semi-reasonable complaint that he was wondering why the game had to be at two o'clock on Friday. He said he said I'm diehard tech baseball fan, but there's only so much work I can take off because last Friday's game was on was at three. Well, and there's just been a lot of times have moved up this whole mm -hmm. season's been weird with with a bunch of that type of stuff and i guess i'm um one thing that choice woodman who's one of the co-hosts of that show mentioned that tadlock prefers 2 p.m and if that he'll always that's what he'll ask for he doesn't always get it but that's what he'll ask for but i i kind of see the the fans point because if you're buying season tickets or you're you're a part of the team for that long and you're planning on going to these big games that you can't just always take off a half day every Friday for a while but at the same time I don't know it's not it's not too big a deal to miss one but what do do you think do you think they should really try to especially once you get to super regionals because you're not trying to squeeze in games or anything if you should try to you you've only got a possible three games on the weekend. Right. These are your last home games of the season. Maybe you could kind of, because the, the fan experience is. Unless, the, unless there's weather supposed to come in Friday night. I don't know. The, 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 it's, it's hard to project that far out though. True. The fan experience is always secondary to TV contracts and that sort of thing. So it's not like people in Lubbock like playing, you know, football games at two thirty in September it's because that's when the time slot worked and that's when you have your TV contract and that's when you do it. But it seems like with baseball, you could get a little bit more flexible and try to squeeze some of these games in a I, little bit later. I don't have the, like the, the start times on the rest of the games that start Friday. This may have been like one of the slots that was available to Tadlock that also had the game on TV. Yeah. I'm, I'm shrugging here cause I'm not sure. Well, he even um, brought, he even brought up the point. He said even four o'clock, you know, four would be, he said, you can, you can kind of convince yourself you can duck out a little bit early on four, but he said two. Oh, I'm taking a half day on Friday. Yeah. I believe it. He said two is no man's land. You can just kind of have you, to take the whole afternoon off. You yeah, just leave you, for lunch and don't come back. You, you go to And luckily it's a Friday, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and most folks I'm sure would understand and everything. It's, it's just kind of a, just something a that of, made me think. And there are a lot of things in Lubbock that legit shut down Friday after lunch. Like it still has that small town feel where like, there's really like a significant part of the working world here in Lubbock. That's either we're done. That's <laughs> either not working or like majority has gone home, especially as the weather gets better. Yeah. Like this is summertime. Like I know I have a friend that works on the hall for me. It's his, his, he works normal office hours. He's out by like 11 o'clock on Fridays <laughs> because like he just goes home and like, it's the summer. Like I want to go spend time with my kids and, and work on the yard and 
all kinds of other things. Maybe I should just start doing that and see what they <laughs> see how long that that lasts. Well, just don't, don't like where's, where's Michael? Oh, he he uh, got to where he just. He just goes home for lunch and doesn't come back on Fridays. Just don't bill your clients for you know, well, of course hours not. one through five on Friday. When yeah, of course not. So the weekend weather, the only three days in the forecast that have nothing but sun. It's going to be as warm this weekend as it's been in a long time. 88 high on Friday, 95 on Saturday, Ooh. 88 on Sunday. You've got rain tomorrow, Wednesday, 83. Cloudy wind Thursday, 80. And then early next week, you got clouds and rain. Highs in the upper 70s or low 80s. So, which, okay, first off, knock on wood here. This extended spring weather into May and June has been fantastic. I, I can't remember the last time we've had a spring this late. It's been really nice. It's been awesome because usually, like, you're hitting like Easter. It's like, oh my gosh, it's already 100 degrees. Yeah. And, and we like, even had a late Easter this year. So, I still thought that was going to happen. Yeah. All right. So, other regional or sorry, other super regional action around the country. Uh, UCLA will be hosting Michigan, the Wolverines, which you hosted early, early this spring. That's right. Um, the, the number two seed Vanderbilt's hosting Duke. That could be a fun, interesting super regional because they're, they're regional ties. You know, Duke's there in North Carolina. Vanderbilt's there in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, seven seed Louisville somehow survived. Indiana just State, barely. Just, Illinois State. Yeah. They will be hosting East Carolina, who kind of barely survived against Campbell. Campbell Camels. Um, and the other, other regional that starts on Friday is, of course, Texas Tech hosting number nine seed uh, Oklahoma State. And then you've got four regionals that start on Saturday. The five seed Arkansas hosting Ole Miss. That should be a pretty good uh, super regional there. So uh, of the five possible conference uh, rematches that we mentioned last week in the super regionals, you get two. So it, it doesn't end up being as bad as it could have been. Right. You get one big 12, one sec, but it's kind of hard to avoid the sec because they have so many teams advancing to the super regionals. Um, the six seed Mississippi state hosting 11 Stanford, 13 seed LSU hosting Florida state, 14 seed North Carolina hosting Auburn. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six SEC schools making it. Six of 16. Um, but at least two have to play each other. Yep. Um, which also means that one of those is going to make it to Omaha. Which right. is the, the one conference benefit to having two of your, your members play each other is you're guaranteed at least one spot. That's true. In Omaha, which I don't think they... That is how the math works. It is. Uh, you've got two Big 12 teams, but they're playing each other. You had you know, two of the possible four. West Virginia did not end up winning their regional. They got walked off. Walk-off Grand Slam. Oh, by, the, l- by the Aggies. To lose to the Aggies, and then Duke eliminated a it, it wasn't just walk-off Grand Slam. It was, it was full walk-off count, grand. two outs, bottom of the ninth. And they win by one. And they win by, <laughs> oh, man. They were down, what, seven to ten? Something like that, and they won eleven ten. Yeah, it was nuts. Probably one of the, the you couldn't script that. Crazy. If you scripted that, yeah. you would think, well, that's ridiculous. That's that's, <laughs> oh yeah, that, that's what happens in Rookie of the Year or whatever the movie is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's one of the more interesting regionals that that ended up happening. Um, then you've got 
two upsets where you have LSU and North Carolina both both hosting super regionals as a higher than nine seed, mm-hmm. uh, 13, 14 respectively. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to super regionals. I, I kind of wish personally that it was not Oklahoma state and not because we've already played them. And like, I'm, I'm worried about the, you know, having to beat them five out of six times, whatever. It's just that it's more interesting from like a gen, I don't know. Cause I can see it, it, it both ways. I can see like the not like die hard baseball fan knowing, okay, well it, it's a conference opponent. I I'm familiar enough with Oklahoma state. This makes me interested. Right. Whereas there are probably some fans like me. They're like, I've seen Oklahoma state. I'd rather see a team like Louisville in here. Yeah. Or, I mean, or play Duke again. That's just kind of been a fun, yeah, a, a fun or semi rivalry that's mm-hmm. been popped up over the last couple of years. Yeah, you, Arkansas. You hosted East Carolina in a, in a regional a couple of years ago. Um, they would have been fun. Um, so yeah. So, anyways, we're we're hosting the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Excited about that um, because of the, the familiarity and how you know we've kind of gone through this past weekend. I don't. There's not much for us to preview besides you're going to get um, Micah Dallas on Friday. Caleb Killian on Saturday, and if it goes to Sunday, you're going to get Bryce Bonin. Um, and, and being that, that that's a best of two, I don't think you're going to hold out John McMillan to the pitch on Sunday. Um, you might you might not throw a Ryan Sublet in there as a first reliever, but I one, I think he got in the game Friday night because we were up like 10-1 at that point. Um, that combination of Caleb Killian and Taylor Floyd is kind of hard to separate. Um, so Micah Dallas, then John McMillan, some real fiery guys. So hopefully you, you win 2-0 this weekend. Yep. At the very least, you win 2-1. Make it to Omaha. I know. For just, it's just right there. Just right there. Yeah, you are two wins away from making it back to the World In Series. In your backyard. Yep, you get to host it. Um, Anything else baseball-wise? You, you're going to be able to go to the end of the games? You're going to watch any of the games? I'm going to watch them best I can. The no, I'm not going to be able to go to any that I know of. Um, possibly the Sunday one if it came down to it, but I'm hoping not. I hope I can't go. I, I hope ticket. there's no game on Sunday. I've got a ticket for you if you need one All right. on Sunday. All right, I just I just hope there isn't one. Speaking, of, I got to figure out if I have to go to Will call tomorrow or the, the oh, box office, office? <laughs> ticket office. Anyways. Um, so yeah, man, let's let's get to some questions. Some questions. Okay. We we got some. Twitter, it's where it's happening. I, I sent out the I sent out the call and response and, and received a few. Well, let's get going on this. Um Oh, I have to click on show more. Yeah, see, there's that many. Okay. First off, Matt Turney. Um <laughs> This is great. Do we have enough money in the budget to pay for all of the trophy cases, banners, and rings we'll need to buy due to all the postseason butt kicking we've been doing? I think um, if, if 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 not in the operational budget, I'm sure there are a couple coaches that wouldn't mind chipping in. Yeah, I'd, with I'm, their, I'd imagine the Mr. Beard or Hocut. Yeah, yeah, being like one of the highest paid ads out there. Yeah, I, I think we could somehow squeeze that out. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe maybe the Wombles could uh, dedicate the, some some uh, some space. The newly minted regent, 
<laughs> right. Dustin Wumble. Yeah. Um, your, your gif response is fantastic. It's Harry, right? Harry? Uh, yes. Harry from, Dunn. Harry Dunn from uh, Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber wiping his face, his tears and his snot with some cash. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, they were watching a movie. Hunter. Oh, we haven't had Hunter way in a little while. I know. I was glad to hear from him. And I also like that he has Fat Thor as, as his happy. That avatar is fantastic. Lebowski Thor. Oh, it's just the best. Good job. Good job, Hunter. Well played. Okay. So he asked us the question, favorite unorthodox drink? You asked for an example. He said, get creative. Yeah. <laughs> he copped out. So I got I got no idea of what, where to go with this. So I came up with, here, here's what I would call unorthodox, but I don't know. Um it looks like we have a, a gambit that we could run. I like to mix diet. I mean, not, not diet. Dr. Pepper with Pepsi. What is wrong with you? I know. That's, I would call that unorthodox. Is that unorthodox to you? Kind of. And I, I only, only waver there because this past weekend, because of the new flavors of Coke that they've introduced, the, the orange vanilla Coke, um, at dinner on Sunday, my brother-in-law brought drinks over. He brought some Diet Coke and he brought some Orange Crush. And Samantha's like, I wonder if you mix those two if we'd get the Orange Vanilla Coke flavor. Oh, I'd give that, yeah. And we didn't try it. I'd try that. But I was like, when was the last time I had an orange soda? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the orange soda, whether it's Fanta or uh, Orange Crush. Crush. Crush is some pretty good stuff. Pretty good. And I there was one... I still think I almost feel like I made this up because no one else has ever heard of it. When I talk about it, there's one called cactus cooler. I don't, I don't know who made it. It was, um, I know it was around circa 2003, 2004. Cause it was our little grocery store kept it close to the furniture store. I worked at at the summers during the summers. And so I'd walk down there and I'd get, I'd get me a cactus cooler, 20 ounce, <laughs> And it was orange. Is it a soda? It was an orange soda, but it was it was almost flavored like an orange Tic Tac. If that's... I, I can't even explain how it was flavored. I'm trying to like remember what that tastes like. Yeah, it's not... It It wasn't like it was an orange crush or, or anything like that. It was like an orange Tic Tac. So that was a drink. That was very unorthodox, I would say, because I still don't know anyone else who who knows them or like them. And I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who was buying them at that store. And then when they ran out, it was because I bought the last one. And so I don't know where they came from, where they went, where they've been. I should, I should Google this at some point. You're going to do it for me. I'm going to try to look it up right now. Google, Google cactus cooler and see if that pops up with anything. There's probably a lot of, there's probably like this whole online community I've missed out on for 15 years. Soda. Yeah. Was one of the first things that popped orange pineapple soda pop. You can buy it on Amazon. You can just have it shipped directly here. Probably house. for like $100 for a six-pack or something hold crazy. Hold on, hold on. If I um, get some of that, I'm going to bring it, and we're going we're gonna to drink it on the air. It doesn't say how much is in it. $25.47. So it's <clears throat> $0.18 cents an ounce. So, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's Math. a 12-pack. It's 12 12-ounce 12 cans. So, okay. So it's $2 a can. And, and probably manufactured in premium. 2004. <laughs> Produced mainly in Southern California. I'm, I'm just reading this straight off of the Amazon listing here. I just have a feeling my little small town grocery store got it by accident. 
You're like, wait a minute, this is not what we wanted. Yeah, yeah nobody's buying this. And then they just sold out all of it because I bought it all one by one. Cactus Cooler Soda Orange Pineapple Blast. It was good. It was a good drink. They're saying it's like, and I don't know if they're just pulling it because like I searched for a soda. They're like, oh, well, these stores have sodas. It's listing Target, Walmart, uh, and Walmart. So I don't think they're. No, they're lying to you. <laughs> they don't have it. Cactus Cooler. All right. Um, that's that's Those are my unorthodox drinks. As a diehard Dr. Pepper fan and a, and a true Texan, um, there were there was a time several years ago when I enjoyed a Mr. Pibb. Ah, oh, there it is. I was waiting for it. And I, for some reason, enjoyed the non-circular can. <laughs> it was like a hundred-sided can. It wasn't exactly round. But oh, it was I like, forgot about that thing. And the other thing that, that, that tripped me out, I never realized until I read it on the box. I was like, yeah, that's true. It's a, it says, Mr. Pibb, a spiced cherry soda. I was like, you're absolutely right. That's, what, that's exactly what the flavor of this soda is. Yeah, and that's it's a, what it's like a spicy cherry. When it's not spicy, but it's got that that soda kind of bite to it. Yeah, it's like, that's that's why yeah. I like cheer wine because cheer wine is like a super cherry Dr Pepper. That's huh. the best way I can explain it. Have you ever tried a? It's one of those old school sodas. Glue vine? No. So this is it's not not soda. It's uh that German red. I don't know. It was mentioned in the office from Dwight, <laughs> but it's an is actual, it made out of beets. <laughs> it may be like a red beet drink. It's like a, a, some kind of fermented red. It's Moses favorite drink. Yeah. It's actually pretty terrible, but we tried it. Um, red, red re- reset, man. Will everyone drafted today go pro or stay at tech one more year? Excluding young can't turn that kind of money down. Unfortunately, I even, even with Holt being a, a sophomore, I think he's probably your most likely that would stay, but he was also drafted in the seventh round. Um, I think there had been rumors that like they had, he and his family had a number in mind in terms of round or money. And that may have been like around the fourth round and he went in the seventh. But then I also heard that he was getting money slotted above his draft, like back in the third round type of money. So anyway, all that to say, I think, even though he's probably the most likely that would stay, he's not likely to stay. Yeah. The others are juniors and they have, they're the ones that have the most draft leverage. Um, although it doesn't really help out a junior to stay to senior. Cause then you lose all your leverage and even players like Cam Warren are drafted way below their, their stock just because they, they have no other phased option. out of that. Yeah. They, they, they don't, they don't have any bargaining room at the table, really. But when you think about neither, which like, stinks, you don't have much as a junior either. It's like no, because they because you don't have any as a senior. But they want to entice you to, yeah. you know, what would it take to get you in this contract today? Uh, I want a, a check for a cool million, please. Oh, okay, all right. Let me let me go back. <laughs> Wait here, and they walk. Wait out. here. Let me go back and talk to the manager. Like a sale oh and, and gosh, come back. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, the other guys that are also up to be drafted. I don't think there's anybody left that it's a draft eligible sophomore this year. I think it was just Holt. The rest of your draft guys are going to be juniors. They are unlikely to come back. And these, I'm talking about guys like, um, not Floyd. We've already talked about Floyd. 
uh, McMillan, Havman, Queen, um, Klein, Noisy. No, he's a sophomore. No, he's he's younger. Yeah, not not a draft eligible sophomore. Wilson, I think, is a junior, and maybe he would be the most likely to come back because I think. I think he's projected more as a pitcher, and he hasn't pitched most of the year. He's been your your left fielder, uh, the guy that came in right at the end of the season. Was like his bat just got hot. Um, so maybe if he gets drafted, he'll he'll want to stay around to get more into the the pitching rotation side of things. Um, but it's also kind of hard to take him out of the batting lineup and, and take him out of left field because he's been really good there too. Um. So I'm I'm not sure any you have much chance to bring anybody back, um, and he's asking about about today. I don't think you know the guys drafted today would be Holt, Killian, and Floyd. Killian already turned it down once because he was drafted eligible sophomore last year. He turned it down. I don't think he's going to go any higher. Um, Floyd could get better, but as again as a junior going into senior year, it's hard to make that that recommendation to stay and hope you get better. Yeah. So, um, need to get a trophy. This is from, uh, Briggsy need to get a trophy case builder as a sponsor, <laughs> sponsor of the athletic program. And he's got the, uh, the gif of uh, who is this? Is it Axel Rose from, Oh, let me see. Oh no. Oh no, that's not Axel Rose. No, not, okay. Not, <laughs> n- not Rose, but the one from, uh, those police movies from the eighties and not police Academy. I actually never knew I'm, y'all. Y'all know who we're talking about. Y'all have seen the gif of the guy who's that? who's looking at the camera and he's, he's like tapping he his, his temple. temple. Yeah. He's tapping his temple. Like, yeah, see, that's a good idea. It's a good thought. I, I have no idea where it's from and I should know, but y'all are gonna have to tell me who's that actor. I don't even know. It's not Eddie Murphy. No, it's not Eddie Murphy. He looks a lot like Eddie Murphy, but it could be just because he has the mustache. But I I don't know. I don't know who he is. I've never I've never known. I just always appreciate that gift because of the context in which people use it. It's been it's been uh, a solid find on the old internet. It is Eddie Murphy. Is it really? That can't be right. Yes, that's definitely Eddie Murphy. That's just young Eddie Murphy. No. Oh, man. Because I'm looking at like... A, a, it's not like a racist search, but I, w- I was looking for black comedy actors from the 80s. And the list that came out with Eddie Mur- Murphy... Richard Pryor, definitely not Richard Pryor. Bill Cosby, not him. Bernie Mac, not from the no, 80s. No, no, Kevin no. Hart, Red Fox, Dave Chappelle, Will Smith. No, that's 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 it's not Eddie Murphy. I've got to, I'm looking this up. Okay, well, tapping see. head gift. This is what I googled. <laughs> I'm trying to find it. Get out of your ad. Like who is this guy? Oh man. I'm I'm almost a hundred percent. He's because even in his IMDb profile, he's got that mustache. Yeah, but I don't remember him having a haircut like that. This is from the '80s, man. Everybody had that kind of haircut. Are you sure it's from the '80s? This is definitely the guy older. pictured is Reese Simpson, aka Roll Safe, a character created by the British filmmaker and actor Coyote 
Coyote? Wait, his name is Uwumi. Simpson? He is the protagonist of hashtag hood documentary, a parody of urban culture documentaries. Yeah. See. His name's what? Uh, he's an actor named Reese. Hang on. Reese Simpson. R-E-E-C-E. Are you sure? Yes. There's a, there's like a, ah, oh yeah, I'm going to send this to you. All right. Sorry, everyone. But we figured it out. We cracked this the code. Is, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm sending this to you via the, um, via the Slack. Just so you know. So I knew it wasn't Eddie Murphy. You're crazy. Okay. So it was Beverly Hills Cop was the, the role I was thinking of. Axel Foley. Axel Foley. Okay. That was Eddie Murphy. All right. That, yeah, it was. Banana up the tailpipe. Yeah. But that was that is not Axel Foley. I just I'm not I'm I'm not convinced. <laughs> I, I don't care what you say. You are incorrect. It is not Eddie Murphy. Beverly Hills Cop three was no. nineteen ninety four. Don't even look at the link I sent you. No, I don't want to do that. I everything I read to you is true. I'm watching the video right now. Beverly Hills Cop Trading Places, you remember that movie? <sighs> yeah, I do. <laughs> I do remember that movie. It's definitely. That's a really good movie. This Dan Aykroyd. Who else is in? Oh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, is in that one. I forget who played the old guys. Anyway. You can't be broke if you don't check your bank account. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess I'll give you that one. Yeah. I, I knew it. Okay. What's our next question? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Um, Eric from Eric underscore on underscore wheels. Uh, does tech baseball deserve a new stadium or renovations since Florida built theirs and Mississippi state, Kentucky, Oak, state following, I believe it has to happen. Not just a renovation build new on fourth and in Indiana. Um, so one, I think it's definitely in the talks, not, not to build new, but I think with the demolition of the Coliseum, they can move the road. Uh, drive of champions to be able to expand uh, not only the left, the third base side, you can add more club seats down that line or add more seats, move the clubhouse even. Um, you, I don't know how, how feasible this is. There's, there's a road that runs back behind left field that kind of has some, that feeds some of the, they're not engineering buildings, but they're in, they're buildings back there past the outfield wall. There's a road back there that has pretty well contained the stadium. You can't go any further back than putting up some temporary, temporary bleachers. I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, just to kind of have some, some spots to fill in bet- between some of the trees out there. Um, the problem though, is that outside of a small handful of games, even at like the, the 4,500 capacity that you're currently at and you've got the long wait list for, for season tickets, whatever you don't typically sell out or fill your stadium right here. Right. So it's kind of hard to say, Hey, we need more seats when that stadium is at like 30% capacity for the majority of the year, which is kind of unfortunate. I think most season ticket holders are holding out for postseason play. Um, or, the one or two big conference series you host a year. Um, it would make sense to add more 
revenue seating to, you know, some club level seats. I just don't see there being a whole lot of additional seating going in. Um, other possible renovations, maybe an additional bathroom and some more vendors, more easily accessible vendors, some food. Um, cause right now you have to go out, not, not out of the stadium, but you have to leave the seating area go down to the ground floor down some very long the ground kind of gnarly steps <laughs> kind of shaky steps especially in the wind yeah um and then you know run back to your seat I, I i just don't think i don't see them adding a whole lot of permanent seats in the near future well and i the fourth in indiana thing i, I think that's out of the question it's, it's too far removed from everything well one it's it's off you know the I'm assuming the blank spot he's talking about is northwest of the intersection, and that is off campus. I mean, I know the Rawls Golf Course is over there, but you know, Tech generally has most all of their stuff on campus property. Um, so I'm not sure that's even feasible, much less all the parking you would have to install, because you can't really count on using UMC's parking across the street. Um, or the museum parking. I, I just don't know. I don't see the feasibility of that without tearing something down, and I don't know what you would tear down there. I don't think you're going to tear down the Garrison Geriatric Education Center <laughs> or eliminate part of the Rawls course or tear down the museum or Raiders Pass. So I, isn't, <laughs> isn't there like a, like a track and field practice facility right there too, like a, like a discus, some kind of outdoor shot put throw? Like north of the police headquarters, the Tech Tech Police. Uh, that may be a little bit further east, if there is. Yeah, it's closer to the to Marsha Sharp and that little wedgie. <laughs> the, the wedgie. Uh, yeah, there is. Um, it is. It is east of there, east of that I, I, intersection. I, I, it's just northeast of the National Ranching Heritage Center. I yeah, think I see what you're talking about. I just don't think about. there's a lot of open land out there to to plop a stadium down. Because I think it requires more land than this, he's, this person's thinking. Well, unless you were going more towards the fields closer to Quaker, because they've got some some space out there. But yeah, but you're still faced with the same kind of parking problems. Well, not just that, but the ag department is gonna yeah cause shut they, that they, down. They still use that land out there. Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think the best. Well, I think the current rumors have been to slightly reroute. Uh, drive a champion so you don't get that that dip as close to the stadium but it would be more of a straight line from the stadium from the football stadium out to that intersection that you get off from the um the marsh sharp frontage road yeah and from flint so flint would basically just it would kind of go through where the coliseum currently is now and then kind of veer east to line back up to go directly in front of the fraser is yeah. kind of what you're describing, which makes sense to me because, yeah, once you look at it, it's very clear that that drive of champions dips way southeast so that it can go around the auditorium and the Coliseum, which will no longer be there. But if they're putting dorms there, they're going to have to factor that in uh, to a, a road going through something and possibly you know, eliminating some other um, aspect of the property they wanted to use. And if you're putting a dorm there, then you have to also remember that, like, Yes, you're adding some parking, but that that's going to be like reserved parking. That's going to be student living, mm-hmm. correct? Parking space. Um, 
So not only will you need the building there for the actual living space, you'll need the parking for people living there that will probably need to be separate from the West commuter lots and all that kind of stuff. The, the West side of the football stadium, there's some North lots that run along Marsha Sharp North of the business administration building. But that's like, it's like two rows of parking. Um, there's not actually, there's not a whole lot of parking around the stadium and it's, and during the, during the season when classes are, are in session, especially during like a day game, it's right. so hard to, to park around because those lots are still going to be reserved for students and faculty getting to and from class. Sure. Yeah. A lot of people park by the Jones. That's, you know, where they have their yeah, parking ticket. Yep. Um, so it's, there's just not a lot of room to either do that. You you could. Yeah. They're really trapped in there. That baseball stadium is it. That's unless you do just completely rebuild somewhere else. There's not a whole lot of options there. Like you may be able to demolish what you have and rebuild at that spot, but then you have to relocate your team during construction. It's going to take longer than the off season to probably to do that. And there's nowhere, there's nowhere in town to do that. There's you'd have to play in Midland or something. Would yeah, be the only thing I could think of. You're going to lose. You're going to have a lot of upset people. If you do that, right. You're going to have some happy folks out in the Permian that are probably pretty big red, red Raider fans out there. So that, that would be a plus, but yeah, a lot of your local folks and people who are used to coming here for a game as opposed to paying 450 bucks a night in Midland for a Holiday Inn Express on a Tuesday are uh, going to be a little upset. So that is all of our questions for tonight. Um, going Yard, you actually put a little topic in here. and I, I, I did. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. You, Yeah, there's... Let's hear, Michael. Well, uh, what I wrote down was guys at Home Depot need to mind their own business. So guys are like these people that work at Home Depot or no. these like vendors that... Uh, Just a guy walking by. Customers. Other customers in Home Depot yes. been hassling you? Well, here's what happened. Our front flower bed, I think I told you that we were doing this or I can't remember. I told somebody. We have had mulch in it since we uh-huh. bought the house. And we don't have gutters in the front and it doesn't really rain enough to justify installing gutters and then you'd have to clean them and do all that. So we, we've talked ourselves out of that. And we also talked ourselves out of buying mulch again to just put in that flower bed and have it get blown out or washed out or whatever over the course of a year just to do it again until we die or move. So what we and, just, and, and you didn't want to put any kind of like pavers up around it to kind of block it in? It's It's blocked in with sidewalk. It's completely surrounded by sidewalk, but but is the bed lower than the sidewalk or is it in yes. line? Okay, yeah, it's it's lower, but it just right, rains so much, and we live on a corner, so the wind whips, and so we decided to use rocks, and we've we've done that since you were last at the house. You haven't seen it yet, so we bought a bunch of rocks at Home Depot, and of course we got we put them all, you know, we raked up all the mulch and got everything. Um, you know, trimmed all the rose bushes and all that, put the rock down. Of course it wasn't enough. I mean, we, I knew we were going to be off, but, um, we went back to Home Depot to get more and we got twice as, not twice as much as we got the first time, but, uh, definitely more than what we got the first time. So we more than doubled our first order and we went there and picked them up. And if we'd have thought of it in a better way, we probably would have, I probably would have somehow ordered rock from somebody 
you know, as opposed to buying like XM- a landscaper, like yeah, like Tom Trees, right, right, uh, Tom Street Place. But it was kind of a, it was, I don't want to say it was a spur of the moment thing, but it was a big enough chore that we had to get mom to keep our child because, you know, both of us needed to be out there actively doing it and not managing a two-year-old at the same time. And so it was just kind of like, okay, mom's free this day. It's the Sunday before Memorial Day. Let's just go do it. All right. So we went and did it. Anyway, so we're loading up all these rocks on our second trip. And this guy comes by and he asked me something. Oh, y'all got, y'all got some flooding issues? And I said, well, yeah, kind of. I didn't even know what he was getting at. And it turns out he was pointing at some huge hose thing in a cart that was next to ours. And that's what he was talking about. And then he was trying to tell us how to install that, that that would help with flooding. And I, I finally realized, oh, oh, that's not our cart. We're, we're buying rocks for our flower bed. <laughs> and, oh, well, I just buy mulch. And I said, yeah, you know, we've we've bought mulch for a few years. And it, it keeps getting it, washed away. Yeah, it blows out and washes away. And he said, yeah, but it's so much cheaper. And it's a lot lighter, too. You know, I, I just buy mulch. And that that's what I do. And I said. Or we buy the rock once and it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, and that's kind of that's where we said. So well, we're going to try rock because it's going to, it's not going to go, it's not going to float away, um, it's not going to blow away, and we're just we're going to go with that. And he said, "Yeah, it usually just takes me about two bags of mulch." And All right, dude, we're done talking. I know, and that was pretty much it. I just kind of gave him the silent treatment, and he walked off. But just, dude, you're not helping. This is not. I'm not just some idiot over here buying rock because I don't know any better. This is my first rodeo. Oh, mulch. Tell me more about this magic mulch that doesn't move. And he needs to, and get out, you know, get the hell out of here with, Oh, I just buy two bags. That's all you need. Then you don't have, yeah. When we've bought mulch over the years, we needed at least 10 or 15 bags to cover all this flower bed. I mean, it's, it's a lot more area than you think there would be. I'm like, if you're just buying two, hell yeah, I'd buy two a year and leave it alone. I'm not going to worry about rocks. He's buying. Just, just get out of here. Just get out of here, man. Just I told I told my wife afterwards. I was one question away from saying, "Well, what are you doing this afternoon? Are you busy? <laughs> We're wanna, hiring. You want to come work? <laughs> you want to come help out? And you know, maybe you could maybe you could haul some of these rocks for us. I got onto a guy a, a couple of weeks ago because um, I was trying to get Evelyn to do something and. And, and uh, he was really helpful by saying, uh, or it was, no, okay, here's what it was. I didn't lose my cool with the Home Depot guy, but it was very close. I did lose my cool with the butterfly guy at the science spectrum because we were leaving the little butterfly enclosure and they kind of have it. It's important that when you leave, uh, they have those long, clear, um, like almost vinyl. curtain type yeah. things. Yeah. And it's important that when you leave that obviously you don't have a butterfly on you and you didn't let one come out and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. But we had our two year old with us and we were kind of like pushing her through the vinyl thing and she didn't really quite get it and didn't understand. And, and so it was open for a bit of time and the guy sitting there's like, Hey, y'all need to come through. And I mean, he said it that way, but we understood and we're like, yes, you know, you know, we're obviously working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I, I'm sorry. You know? And so I just kind of picked her up and we, we made through and I said, I'm sorry. We were, we were trying to get her to go through and she, she wasn't going. And he said something, something like, well, I just tell her to go through. <laughs> and so, I mean, I immediately just, <laughs> I said, well, you're, you're welcome to tell her that and see if that works. He said, well, well it worked with my kids. I said, I'm sure it did. 
my, my girls are doctors now. And I said, I bet they are. <laughs> so whatever he said, I don't even remember what he said, but I just lost it with him. Oh my God. It's like, you, I said, you're welcome to tell her, to tell my two year old to walk through there and see if she listens to you. Anyway, or any two year old, really. any two year old. I mean, come on. Cause she, you know, especially a stranger to talking to a two year old, that's, that's really going to have like, it's going to kick them in the gear. Well, and that was the first time she had encountered this crazy clear curtain thing i mean it was just, yeah you know and we we were nudging her we were trying and we when he mentioned you know hey y'all need to come in it was like hey he's right we do and so we grabbed her and went through and i was apologetic you know and still i just yeah. i just told her to come through thanks thanks buddy I you know i wish that. i'd have thought of that it didn't it didn't <laughs> cross my mind <laughs> sorry um, i've got nothing for going yard except for saying that the green monster is growing it does it is it's it's high it's, it's, um, it's at three I'm, feet high and rising. I'm, I'm back to, to mowing at the highest setting on the, on the mower. I'd imagine. Um, I'm still trying to fight with the sprinkler guy that installed. I was like, Hey, I need taller sprinkler heads and he's not responding. And the Toro website, which is the, the system they installed is less than helpful. I haven't been able to find, uh, uh the, cause I, so their T5 rapid set, which I really love. They're super easy to adjust and everything. I don't have to have any special tools. I just turn the heads and there's a little adjustment for how far you spray, all that kind of stuff. It's super easy. I want that two inches taller. One, I don't know what I currently have. And two is like, I don't know if they make a bigger one. You just need to raise your entire sprinkler system. (laughs) Just put your back into it, Spencer. So that's a problem. Um, The other thing is because it's getting long, it's, it's in need of a cut. Um, I've been, I actually have been mowing twice a week now and it looks fantastic. I got the, I got to push through some issues that was happening tomorrow. It's supposed to rain. So I'm gonna, it's I'm, been I'm, supposed to rain all week and it has been raining at night at night. Yeah. But it's very it's confusing. Supposed rain, it's supposed to rain tonight too. I, the I got forecast that. always has a little cloud and it's only going to be high of 82, but then it's gorgeous and sunny all day and like 92. Yeah. And you're wondering where, where, when's the rain coming? And then it wakes you up in the middle of Monday night. Oh, it was fantastic though. It's great. Anyways, I was, um, t- it was Sunday night. Sunday night was when it was just banging the walls. It was crazy. All right. What did we learn this week? Okay. I learned two things. I'll try to be quick. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause we, we, we were are, about to eclipse last week's. Uh, we already have. We're at no, 153. Dang it. Okay. 54 coming up here in a second. I learned that the brewery LBK makes a really good NEIPA, which I didn't even know what was until I, I couldn't tell you what an IPA is because it's a, it's a beer. Yeah, it's a any IPA is a New England India Pale Ale. It's very hoppy, very hazy, very floral. New England India, Indiana, India, India, New England India, New England India, Miami, okay. Ohio, <laughs> Texas Pale Ale. <laughs> yes, UTRGV right, so. Pale Ale. It's really good. Um, so yeah, if y'all are ever at the brewery LBK or at West Table, check that out. And then also. Is there just the one, like if they walk in and say, I want the any IPA, they're going to know what that is? Yeah. Okay. Because it's a brewery, they usually only have one type of any type of beer. So if you walk in and you say... News to me. Well, no, I mean just, especially if they're smaller, they're not going to have multiple, not always will they have multiple IPAs or or Ambers or or Reds or Irish Reds or anything like that. They'll, (laughs) They'll just have usually just one of... Sure. Any given style. Um, Shipley's Donuts. 
opened in Lubbock this weekend, and it was pandemonium. Let's say like any other restaurant that opens in Lubbock. Yeah, it was absolutely because it opened on Saturday morning. I think they had a soft opening Friday. Okay, but we were up there Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I drove past to get an oil change Saturday morning, seven thirty. The line was wrapped out from around the building. This is true. On to university, almost up to, I think the next building up the street is either the the kidney center. Or the Whataburger. Or there's a bank there, and then there's a Whataburger. Yeah. Either way, the line was, was stupid long. We parked at the kidney center because they're closed on Saturdays. <laughs> so I didn't feel bad about that. I wasn't taking someone's you just, you just need to walk dialysis spot. From Shipley's, acknowledge <clears throat> you now have uh, diabetes and your kidneys <clears throat> are failing, and just walk over and get your dialysis. Well, that's not a bad that's not a bad gig. But, but that was what we did. We were up really early, and... My wife was determined to go, so we were probably there by seven fifteen, and we were in the inside, and it was really fast inside. They were getting yeah. people in, and there was there was seating. You know, I had a coworker that went. Uh, the drive through was the madhouse Saturday or Sunday. That said the same thing. It's like we we parked and went in. There may maybe one person in front of us in line yeah. while the drive through line was out on a university. Yeah, like, you was, know why? Because nobody wants to sit in a restaurant and eat donuts in front of somebody else. Well, it was kind of fun. <laughs> we enjoyed it. It was the first time our, our little one had had donuts. Really? I think I'm pretty sure it was the first time. It's not like we were, it's just not something we get very often period. Yeah. So it's not like we were keeping them from think, her or anything. It just, just kind of worked out majority that way. Of times that we get donuts. Well, when I say we kind of, Broadly, it's that's like it's in the office. Yeah, so Samantha same here. And, and and Grayson don't usually get them. Right. Um. Oh, you know what? We got Krispy Kreme once and tried to give them to her to to our little one, and she had she had no uh, no use for it. Well, it's also, but she likes Shipley's though. She likes a strange texture. To, it to, is to small kids. Her favorite thing was the she tried a regular glazed. She tried the apple fritter, which is fantastic. Apple fritter. I've I've sung the praises of that on this podcast. It's my favorite breakfast pastry. She liked it okay, but what she really liked was the chocolate donut that uh, was white cream filled. Hmm. It was really, really good. And it's not like a cream cream. It's a marshmallow cream. Oh, you ruined it. No, that's good. It was kind of like gooey. Had puff. some. Oh, no. You don't like it? Mm-mm. Well, if you it's do like sticky. marshmallow puff, this is, the, this is the stuff for you over at Shipley's. So I, I've also heard that. What sets them apart from a lot of people? Because I'm not really familiar with Shipley's. Is that they oh, have either. they have more more options for the filled variety. They have a whole, lot more filling options instead of just normal cream or lemon. They had blueberry and raspberry that I saw. And then of course they have this white cream. And then of course they have regular glazed filled donuts. You know, just a yeasty one. And then these chocolate. You know, they're, mm-hmm. if you get a plain one, it's just a, they call it a devil's food cake donut, but then you can get it cream filled too or jelly filled or whatever. I, it yeah. was, it was overwhelming. They had us, they had so much stuff in there and it was just busy enough to where I didn't want to take up too much of their time trying to figure out what's that over there. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got over there? And they also have some, some kolache options. Oh yeah. Um, they have a ham and cheese one that sounded pretty interesting and the way they do their kolaches which I know people can get onto us for or no blisks. Yeah. Not calling, <laughs> calling it the correct term, but the way they do their kolaches is I think all of them have the same sausage link, but if you order a jalapeno cheese one, for instance, it's like they, they dump in queso basically with chopped up jalapenos 
That's my kind of. And then roll that in. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like it's, it's not like it's, it's a, not t- a jalapeno cheese link. Yeah. It's not like it's, you know, two morsels of cheese and one tiny strip of jalapeno in a sausage link. It's actual cheesy, gooey, red and green jalapenos with melted um, queso. And, and that's wrapped with the sausage in the um, bread, the dough. So this conversation right here makes me want to go grab the jalapeno cheddar sausage from Ray Red Meats. Oh, man. Sorry, they, that has nothing to do with this conversation except for jalapeno cheese sausage. That'll be good on the kettle. Be so it's all good. come full circle. We're back to the kettle. And, and now I can actually look, look at their ground beef selection. Cause I know. Before I hadn't really paid attention to that's it. That's the thing. There were so many things on the smoker that are... They're just that's where that's where I got my beef ribs and they were so dang good. Well, it just and they, and they tore every one of us up. <laughs> so heavy on the fat content. Our dang gallbladders were like, "Screw you guys! I hate you." Yeah, um, but it's so good. You gotta be careful. You gotta be careful with the beef ribs. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip out on what we learned. I you didn't I, learn anything. I, been, I learned been, enough for both of us. I've been super busy on so many other things, work related, non work related. I'm just really excited about Super Regional Baseball. I know, man. It's on channels we've heard of. And ones that you should be used to because our basketball team played on ESPNU most of the season. They did. So Last year, too. Mm-hmm. All right. As we hit the two-hour mark, we're going to cut it off here. Thanks again for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm Spencer. Big Bad John And with all of his strength He gave a mighty shove Then a miner yelled out There's a light up above And twenty men scrambled From a would-be grave Now there's only one Left down there to save Big John With Jackson Tenders They started fighting There are some things That are too good to keep a secret Like how your Amex Platinum card Helps you have the perfect trip I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <laughs> 